This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary with you. Rico, what's up? Hello. How's it going? Uh, It's going great. It's not going to be going great here in a little bit. Oh, please. We're just going to read statistics. Bad statistics. Glaring statistics. Not happy statistics. Yeah. This is the statistic hour. This is the statistic hour. Or uh, maybe the statistics segment. Statistic segment. (laughs) Say that five times. That's fast. that's tough. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you guys the entire show today, um, as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can always hit us up on Twitter, uh, Nick underscore Sainert at Radio Rico AC. Chase B kicks us off on the text line, says, Thicky Nicky, what's up? <laughs> and I would say this, hi, we need to extinguish that nickname. Yeah, I think we're done with well, that. Well, it's it's ran its course. Can I can I answer Chase's question before that? Sure. So Chase B posed a question, said uh, a question not about football. What do you guys think of Nebraska volleyball getting dropped to number two, even though they swept the team they played, and Texas taking the number one spot? Well, I would say that Texas had already had more number one votes than Nebraska did going mm-hmm. into that week, and Texas played Ohio State, who is currently number eight, and swept tw- twice. Swept them the first time, only dropped a single set the second time, mm-hmm. whereas Nebraska played Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Pepperdine, and Tulsa. Yeah. So a little bit of a difference in competition, um, but if John Cook doesn't care, I don't care either. You're still in the top three. You're in the top two, so I think you're still sitting pretty. You yeah. didn't lose. You're doing fine. Uh, it's it's fine. You're 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 great. And uh, Whitney Lowenstein, Steen, 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 Lowenstein. Yes, Lowenstein is hitting over 300 and has been dubbed the assassin. Yeah, she she's playing well. Um, John Cook actually something interesting that he said yesterday because he was he was on the podium at 11, then Frost came on at 11:30, and and something interesting. Two things from John Cook yesterday. How do you feel about you guys losing? Or like dropping one spot in the ranking, he said, "Just win, baby." Yeah. And then sec, he's he he said something along the lines of, "I'm more worried why we're last in aces per game." And so that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, second off, he was asked kind of a weird question about why did they have to have a conversation with Lounstein to stick around, and was he surprised that she didn't leave last year? And his response was something along the lines, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, something along the lines of, the expectation here is clear. You know what you need to do on the floor, off the floor, and that what kind of performance is required to play here. And he goes, we didn't even approach to have that conversation, have the thought to have that conversation with Whitney. 
And so um, it just kind of shows that uh, things are, are transparent within the volleyball program. They have a lot of success. They have expectations are laid out throughout the entire program from coaches to players and and everybody's on the same page and they are undefeated haven't lost a single set they play Thursday night and then they play Ole Miss on Saturday so it's going to be one of those things where expectations are clear they're laid out and they are certainly a national championship contender it's going to be an exciting time for Nebraska well it's always an exciting time for Nebraska volleyball but uh, especially with what they've got going on this year it's going to be really interesting, and I'm, I'm wondering what they're if they're going to do anything for uh, Kayla Banworth as she makes her return I don't know. to Nebraska as the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. It's going to be interesting. Um, John Cook also talked a little bit about that yesterday and just said he never saw Kayla Banworth becoming a head coach, which is kind of inter- interesting. He was, he was asked, um, did you ever see Kayla becoming a head coach at this level, and he just replied, no. No. And then went on a little bit deeper and explained it a little bit more. Um, But he said, you know, when we hired her, I just wanted a former player around the program. And even while she was here, I didn't think, you know, head coach was in her future necessarily. But he goes now, you know, it's it's always great to see where are our programs. Yeah, He mentioned Chris Tomas at at Texas and and the, the long coaching tree that John Cook is building, whether it's former players or whether it's former assistants at Nebraska. Uh, the, the the coaching tree that he has built and and sustained through all of his years is truly remarkable and it it's a really good really good indication on Nebraska's program it's a really good reflection on Nebraska's program and 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 so we're, we're super blessed to have John Cook obviously. it is it is a large coaching tree it is expansive and it is successful yeah uh, Chase B says Nick if you want that nickname to die you better tell VJ uh, Thomas and Lincoln and Byron asked the same question how's the Wingstop sandwiches delicious fan. I just had the lemon pepper one today. It was pretty good. I think I'm going to try Louisiana rub next time. I would dabble in the the lemon pepper again. Um, I got a sandwich for DP. DP went bold. He went atomic. For a sandwich? For a sandwich. Oh, okay. So he went went with the atomic sauce on on the chicken. So... Bold, gonna, bold that, move by DP. He's going to give it to somebody else. <laughs> he probably will. He's probably like, hey, Nathan. Here, take it. You've ever tried the, the chicken sandwich? Oh, maybe we shouldn't have it's said just, that. Maybe that's mild. exactly what he's going to do. Maybe. He's, pr- he's probably going to walk nah, in and be Nathan's like, come not, on. Nathan's not listening. I don't know. He sometimes listens. Uh, Thomas and Lincoln says, taste test to both of you. No, thank you. Hard pass. I'm out on the atomic stuff. I, I've, I've went through the initiation. Of yeah. hot stuff. Done the done Has the hot Nathan? ones. Nathan hasn't. Nathan has not. Done the hot ones twice. Don't he's need on, to do it again. He's on you've their done show the one now. Chip. Yeah. yeah. He's on yeah. their show now. He needs you've, to do it. You've done the one chip, Rico. That was a terrible idea. Yeah, we don't we don't need to do the we don't need to do any more initiations through hot things. Nope. Hard pass. But let's We're get done. to your sadistic. Okay, so you statistic. ready for this? Yeah, your sadistic statistic. Four oh two four six four five six eight five. This uh this came from Matt Schick of ESPN. Just a couple days ago, Thanks, uh, yesterday, and he says, "Great nugget here from ESPN stats." This was the Saturday was the seventh time that Nebraska lost a game under Scott Frost when it had at least an eighty percent chance to win at some point in the game, and the fourth time that they've lost in the last nine games when they've had an eighty percent chance to win. Hmm. So you ask, what are those games? And let's start first with 2018 at Northwestern. Now, this one brought up a lot more feelings for me than I thought it was going to. Nebraska loses this one 34-31. They, they would fall to 0-6 after this loss. All right, let me just read you a couple statistics here. 
Rico. Interesting start to the year. Yeah, interesting start. 0-6. Then they would play Bethune, and yep. they would win after this week. Yep. Our 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 chunk kicker. Yes, that we that's love. right. That's right. And the guy that bought the assistant coach that bought a runza. Yep. On the sideline. So Clayton Thorson, the quarterback for the Wildcats at the time, threw for a career high 455 yards and three touchdowns in this game. It once again it was a 34 to 31 overtime loss. And you talk about the parallels from 2018 to 2022. Once again, Nebraska in this game had a 97% chance to win in the middle of the fourth quarter. In the middle of the fourth quarter, they had a 94 or excuse me, 97% chance to win the game and basically what happened they saw a 10 point lead slip away right out of their hands yes um here, here i'm trying to find the the uh paragraph that i read here we go nebraska got the first shot in overtime after northwestern deferred scott frost decided to go for it on fourth and one at the 16 rather than kick a field goal in part because Barrett Pickering missed one earlier in the game. Shout out to Barrett Pickering. Barrett Pickering doing the kickering. Former, former five-star from the Cools camp. A low snap out of the shotgun on what quarter? So fourth and one out of the shotgun. 2018. 2018. A low snap out on the shotgun on what quarterback Adrian Martinez said was supposed to be a running play did in the Cornhuskers. He scooped up the loose ball around the 30-yard line, heaved it to the end zone from the 37-yard line, and the pass was intercepted by J.R. Pace. Northwestern moved six yards before Luckenbaugh, their kicker, nailed a 37-yarder on fourth down to give the Wildcats their second straight victory and set off a wild celebration. So that's the first one. The next one. <laughs> Don't worry, there's more. There's more. 2018, well, I guess before this, 2018 in Colorado, Scott's first game. 2018. Colorado. At home. Yeah, I was going say, that wasn't in Colorado. That was against yeah. Colorado. Yeah. 2018. We don't, we don't. 87%. Halfway through the fourth quarter. 2019 at Colorado. In the fourth quarter, Nebraska had a 94% chance to win. That game. That game that pissed you off. Game that game makes you so that one, mad. That one makes you mad. That one brings up a lot of I feelings. Don't, how do you lose that game? Yeah. I'm surprised I, they didn't I have agree. a 99% chance to win at some point. Was, so Northwestern at the 97% was the highest. Goodness gracious. 97% was the highest. That one at Colorado. So that that the, one still makes me the, mad. The one at Colorado in 2019, it makes you it makes you frustrated. 94% halfway through the fourth quarter. Then it was in 2021, so nothing in 2020. In 2021, yeah, you had three games. games that's that's true. They had three games that they should they were over 80% chance to win halfway through the fourth quarter. Ooh, okay. Purdue, Michigan State, <laughs> oh. Iowa. <laughs> oh. Iowa comes in at a I, Iowa comes in at a glaring ninety five percent chance to win halfway through the fourth quarter. I don't like those last two. I don't like those Michigan last State two. Yeah, I don't like was eighty six percent, and we all know what happened to that one. Purdue, although Adrian Martinez threw four picks, I forget about you that. still had eighty yeah, percent chance I, to win. I that forget game. that they still had a chance to win that game. I and just then, remember the four picks. I was like, yeah, yeah it was over. It was over. It was, yeah, no, it was it wasn't, terrible. That game. wasn't even a shot. Um, and then obviously just last Saturday, Northwestern with seven minutes to go in the, or excuse me, right before the onside kick, you had an 88% chance to win. Cool. Um, so it's one of these things for (laughs) Axel Foley says, how did you guys find another way to infuriate everybody even more with all these numbers, (laughs) man, infuriate us. He says, 
And, and that's the thing. It is I mean, that is just demoralizing. AD text in, Nick and Rico, I'm still in the Denver airport because of delays. Please make it stop with the misery, not memory lane moments, LOL. Um, AD, man, listen, it, it's it's brutal to go through the past, and right? And cover all your bases. Yeah, just cover all the bases. So once again, just to, just to remind everybody here. This is not the first time. <laughs> this is not the first time that Nor Nebraska's... Nor will probably be the last. Well, maybe. I hope not. I hope not I either. Hope, I hope it is the last. I hope it is the last, and I hope Scott Frost is still the coach. Yes. Um. So once again, the two, so three of them, I guess, in the last four years, Nebraska has, with halfway through the fourth quarter, Nebraska has had over a 94% chance to win, according to the ESPN win prediction. 94%. With eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, if you have a ninety-four percent, that chance is unreal. Of, if you have a ninety-four percent chance of anything good, you take that. Yeah, and usually, and usually you it take works. yeah, you take a ninety-four because the pro, the the projection, the probability is so high. Granted, if I tell you that there's a six percent chance that if you reach into this bag of chips, you could die. You're not. I'm, gonna, I'm comfortable with you're it. You're not going to do it. I'm going to say there's no way there's a five percent chance. If I if I have ten chips and I say. One is ten percent. One of these chips can kill you. You're not doing it. No, probably not. Are you, but this is, is different. It, is this you trying to rationalize <laughs> that these numbers are okay, Rico? Like, look, they're, they're, <laughs> they're not. They're, you're, I'm just saying that there's a chance. So, and and here's this. Byron makes a good point. Those stats are all coaching. Um, and, and that's not necessarily what I'm trying to get. I'm not. I'm not trying to harp on the fact that they can't close out. I'm not. I'm not trying to harp on that fact. Not all of them are coaching. Um, two of them are mistakes. Are mistakes that you, no matter how much coaching you do, sometimes it happens. The blocked punt, the punt the wrong way. Those are okay. mistakes. That those went those off, are mistakes. It went off the side of the foot. It's not the coach's fault. That is true. And the blocked punt, somebody missed it. Somebody missed their assignment. Not not the coach's fault. They they harp on those. They harp mm-hmm. on the assignments. They harp on you know directional punting all the time. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. In practices, and they try to get it right, and you work on it until you 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 think you can't get it wrong. But look, there's a small chance that the ball could just not fall right when you drop it, and it goes off the wrong side of your foot. There's a small chance that you go to block somebody, and somebody that you thought was rushing holds back, and the person you thought was holding back rushes, and all of a sudden you're in a bad situation. Your punter doesn't have enough time to get it off. Which is wild that we're – I mean, it's crazy to think, and it's, it's being realistic, honestly – when you look back at these last four years and now one game, after Saturday's performance, punting wise, right? If we if we just want to single out punting, we're pretty pleased with how they punted. Boom, Sheeny, But when you look elsewhere across the conference, that's just a, a given. That's a normal. That's a normal thing for them to do. Average forty eight yards per punt and have one that goes maybe over fifty yards and switch field position. But that's where that's where we're at as a, as a fan base and as a program right now, where you're taking those victories and saying, "Look at that, we punted at 48 yards, we reversed the field. We're okay with if we go three and out from our own 20. Why? Because our punter can actually get it on the other side of the 50. Mm-hmm. Like we're taking victories in such small areas of the game, because in recent years you haven't been able to take victories in that area. It's areas that normally, you know, for Nebraska and for other teams are just kind of a given, like. 
other teams just have punters that they can rely on to to you know flip the field maybe they're not going to flip it to the extent of you know from 120 to the other 20 but they're going to flip it where the team's on the other side of the 50 they're in they're in you know uh negative field position where they're not on your side of the 50 where nebraska hasn't been able to do that for a while so taking the small victories is really just you know not taking for granted things that should be a given now for Nebraska football. And Fat Phil asked Rico, why is it that when it comes to Nebraska, there's never a small chance, but more of a likely chance that the bad stuff is going to happen. It's wild. I mean, it's still just a small chance. It's not, I mean, if you sit back and you're sitting there like, all right, well, when is the bad thing going to happen? Which, I, I mean, if you sit back and you think that, then something bad is going to happen. Yeah. I'm not saying that the fans, you know, thinking that is has any effect on it, but if you're on the football team, and you're just like, wow, things are going really good. When is the flip going to switch and something bad's going to happen? That's when you start, you know, Did, not playing to your full potential and you're kind of hesitating on things because you're like, oh, well, this could be the time when something bad happens. And that's that's when things go, go arrive, when things go haywire. So if you just, you know, do your job, do do what you're supposed to do, focus on the things that you're doing well and not focus on the things that have happened before, all the negatives that have happened before, and think, okay, when is when is this going to happen? I know it's going to. It's only a matter of time. Then at some point, things are going to flip the other way. Well, it's just, you play timid, right? You play timid. If, if you play timid and afraid to make the mistake, then that's when you make a mistake. And it sounds cliche, but remember, I mean, the whole the whole motto coming in for the staff was no fear of failure. Failure. Mm-hmm. And I hate bringing that up because it feels like Nebraska's kind of gotten so far away from that. That was years it's, ago. It's more of fear of messing up. That's that, that's, that's what it feels like right now. Yeah. And it's easy to say that after they lost. And I don't necessarily want to dwell on Saturday's game, but it just shows that it, it, there's another reason or, or another example of how it's a pattern. And, and that it's it's happening almost every single time that Nebraska steps on the field, unfortunately. It, it just doesn't go in their way. Um, Sometimes things don't work until they wh- do work. What's interesting is is here's this text, and, and they lay it out pretty well. And I want to hear from you guys, 402-464-5685. So Frost probably had an 80% chance of winning before the onside, but settled for a 23% chance at getting an onside. And according to a statistic from last year, the chances of getting an onside kick are down to 6%. 6%. Jeez. So if you want to just go straight by the numbers, and you can take the, the Nebraska aspect out of, out of it, take the Scott Frost, take the history, all of that out of out of consideration of what Nebraska's gone through. If you just put X team and Y team playing on a Saturday mm-hmm. and, and use that same situation, anything that you say about um anything that you say about uh Saturday, you look at the the situation and say, well, Nebraska's up eleven and they have they're choosing to go for a play that they convert can convert six percent of the time on average, compared to trying to win the game where they're a favored at the time it was like an an eighty five percent chance or whatever. It, it's just crazy to think about. It, it's just it's crazy to to think about. I I, I don't know what to say. Um, once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Let's go ahead and take a little bit of an early timeout. When we come back, Rico, bit of a sip and Jake. Thank you. I didn't say early break though. Yeah, but you should have. So we'll say an early timeout. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about this little bit of offense stuff going on. Scott Frost having to hand off the play calling duties to Mark Whipple. 
is there tension? Should there be tension? Sip, Jake, and I kind of talked about in the in the spillover a little bit before the drive this morning. And I want to continue that conversation and get your thoughts on it, Rico. Uh, we'll hear from Scott Frost as well coming up in the next segment. You're listening to the Happy Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.